Merry Christmas. Thank you. And my name's Jason, and I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Church. I want to welcome you this evening. Uh, I know there's lots of family and friends and, and visitors with us, and I want to particularly welcome you. Uh, we're really glad that you're here with us on this Christmas Eve. Uh, we've, we've read the Christmas story. We've sung the Christmas story. Uh, and I just want to make two comments uh, about uh, Luke chapter 2, the passage that Martin read. So if you have your bulletin, you can follow along with me. I'll be referring to a couple of things there uh, as we work through uh, the story. And just two quick things this evening. First of all, the Christmas story is a warning for religious people. And secondly, it is good news for sinners. So let's look at those two things. It's a warning for religious people. Think about the, that first Christmas night, and think about the manger scene or the nativity, and think about who was there. Verse 8, you'll see, the shepherds were there. Who were the shepherds? Well, they were lowly people, with the exception of lepers, uh, they were the lowliest people in all of Israel. They were so lowly that they could not give a credible testimony in court. They were the lowest of the low. Verse 13, the angels, lots of angels in the Christmas story. Uh, the angels were there. And then we know from, again, looking broadly at the Christmas story from Matthew chapter 2, there was another group called the wise men. They were the intellectuals of the day. They were the scientists who studied and tried to understand the stars. And what were each of these groups doing, these uh, wise men, shepherds, and angels, when they were in the presence of this baby named Jesus? They all, once they encountered Jesus, fell on their face and worshipped. But have you ever stopped to think about who was not there at the nativity scene on that first Christmas night? The religious leaders, the religious people of the day, the chief priests and the scribes, or we could say the insiders, the people from the power center of Jerusalem were not there. Jerusalem was only six miles from Bethlehem. And the chief priests and the scribes know that the long-awaited Messiah, they had been told, is being born. And they stay home. And see, what's interesting here is that they were the people that knew their Bibles. They knew all the right answers, and it didn't change their life. Christianity, and we're going to talk about this more in a second, is not religion. You see, this is one of the things here that, may, that makes religion so attractive to people, is that you maintain the status quo. You can just show up every now and then to church. You can read all the right books. You can let everyone else know that you're reading the right books. And you can answer and have all the, you can be the Bible answer person in your small group or family. And yet, the Bible's clear on this, you cannot, you can, you, you cannot know Jesus and know a lot about Jesus. And you can actually be someone who knows a lot about Jesus but does not know Jesus because you keep him at arm's length. Don't miss what Luke is doing. It's very clear what he's doing by leaving out the religious people. They're absent. And he's teaching us that those who are supposed to believe and should believe don't believe. 
Out of all the people that should have been at his birth, it should have been the Jewish religious leaders. You see, the people to whom the promises were given do not believe in the promises enough to walk six miles to see the promised child, Jesus. And this should give us whiplash. It should shock us. It's meant to shock us. Christmas is meant, the story is meant to be a warning for religious people. It's like the check engine light in your car. That's what Christmas, it's supposed to get us to slow down and ask them questions. You know the check engine light. Some people, when the check engine light comes on, they make an appointment, they get to wherever they need to go to get their car fixed as quickly as possible. But there are also those people, and maybe you're one of them, that the check engine light's been on for like 15 years. And you say, I'm good. It's been on so long that you don't even notice it anymore. Are you like that with Christmas? You see, are you ignoring the warning light that Christmas is meant to bring? And I get it. It's really easy for us to do. Because we get consumed with gifts and decorations and good food, and those are good things. But we get so consumed and busy that we actually ignore that Christmas is supposed to get us to slow down and to ask some serious questions. Questions like, have I become like the religious leaders in the nativity and in the Christmas story? Questions like... Do you really have a real relationship with Jesus or do you just know a lot about Jesus? Or are you simply going through the motions in your spiritual life? Or maybe you say, I'm all in with Jesus. I know Jesus without a shadow of a doubt. And maybe you're bored with Jesus. And you're simply going through the motions year after year after year during this time of year. You're here tonight because it's what you're supposed to do. And if that's the case, you've missed something about Christmas. Or, the, through all of the busyness and the chaos that this year time of year brings, you've forgotten something. You've forgotten what, Jesus, what, what, what Christmas really means and the message of Christmas. And that leads to the second and last thing. The Christmas story, not only does it bring a warning to religious people, but it brings good news to sinners. Look at verse 10. The angel says to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Notice the angel does not say, I bring you great teaching. He does not say, I bring you great advice that will help you get your life together. Or, I've got a great program that if you follow, everything will work out for you. No, I bring you what good news of great joy. What is the good news? Verse 11, for unto you a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. The reason why Christmas is such good news and should make us sing is that God, the creator of the universe, took on human flesh and came down into the world to do what we could never do for ourselves. That God lived the life that we should have lived and didn't, and he died the death that we deserved on the cross, that we deserve he died on the cross. 
And when you trust in Jesus by faith, then you no longer have to be afraid of God's judgment. Because Jesus has taken your place and taken the judgment of God on your behalf. Let me say it another way. This is such good news because it means that you can stop trying to earn God's love. And that's what makes Christianity different than religion. Think about it. Religion is advice. It's good advice. Religion says God will save you, but you need to get your act together. and You need to do all these things and dress a certain way and confess your sin and then come over and be good like the rest of us. That's not Christianity. Christianity says the complete opposite. Christianity is good news of what someone has done for you. And Christianity, honestly, is offensive and could be offensive to you. Because Christianity comes and says you'll never be good enough. You'll never clean your act up enough and be good enough to come to God. But Jesus was good enough for you. That's the gospel. That's why Jesus came. That's why it's good news. Because God connects to you on the basis, not, about, not on your basis of what you do or don't do, but on the basis of what he has done for you. And that is what makes Christianity different than every other religion and philosophy in the world. And then the question is, well, okay, well, that's really good news. Who's this good news for? Verses 10 and 11. Some people, no, all people, everyone, to everyone is born on this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Where are you tonight? You see, to the lowly, Jesus comes to you. To those that are doubting, to those that are dying, Jesus was born and comes to you. To those who are addicted and brokenhearted and lonely and a failure and every person in between is born to you the Savior that you need. And then the question, let's keep going, well where can this Savior be found? Verse 12, in a manger. What was a manger? In today's terms, we could say that a manger was a dog bowl. That's what it was. It was a place where animals would go and eat. It wasn't a place for a baby. And so then the question is, why out of all the places God could have been born, and he could have been born everywhere in the nicest of places, why in a dog bowl? Well, because from the most powerful person in the world, to the lowest person, and to the most broken person in the world, everyone can reach the feed bowl. Everyone. You don't have to have power or prestige. You don't have to be clean. You don't have to be somebody in order to reach Jesus. Now, now do you see why the angels came and they are saying, we bring good news of great joy. Because unto you, wherever you are tonight is born a Savior, the Savior that you need, and He is Christ the Lord. I'll close with this. In 1864, there was a priest by the name of Father Damien, and he 
spent most of his career as a missionary in Hawaii ministering to a leper colony. And when he went to this leper colony, he learned their language. He would embrace and hug people that no one else would embrace or even dare touch. He would bandage up their wounds. He started to really care for the people there, and he ended up building a school and organizing choirs and bands and other things from extracurricular activities. Even he built homes for these lepers. Even at one point with his own hands, he built 2,000 coffins by hand so that the lepers could die in dignity. As a result of his work here among these people, um, this leper colony became known not as a place where you would go and simply die, but as a place that you would go and truly live. He wasn't careful about keeping his distance. He would regularly bandage up these lepers and bandage their wounds, and he wouldn't wear any gloves or any sort of protection, wouldn't wash his hands. And uh, he would often, you know, the lepers would be eating, and he would uh, run his finger through the bowl and lick his fingers. He would share his pipe with them. He drew really close, and his patients loved him for it. Then on one particular Sunday, he got up to preach, as he did every Sunday, and he began his sermon with two words. We lepers. You see, he was no longer just helping them. Father Damien had become one of them. Does that sound familiar? The Christmas story. God taking on flesh and coming and moving into our neighborhood and dwelling among us. And he began, Jesus began his ministry in a sense by saying, we lepers. Jesus gave up everything in order to come down into this world and to be near to the people that he loves. Jesus doesn't stand off at a distance and help us get a little bit better. No, Jesus moves into our mess and becomes one of us in order to rescue us at our point of our greatest need, which is our sin. You see, that's the good news of Christmas. That's why we're here this evening. The good news of the Christmas story is that God says, I'm not going to make you work your way and come up to me, but I will come down. I will come down so that you don't have to earn your way to me and I will do what you cannot do for yourself. See, the angel says to all of us tonight, Behold, look at Christmas. Behold, look at the baby in a manger. To you is born the Savior that you need. And so will you come to Jesus Will you come to this baby in a manger that we are celebrating here this evening? And will you worship? Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for the Christmas story. I realize that this time of year people are very excited and thankful because of all that this time of year means. It means gathering with 
friends and family. It means good food. It means celebration. It means tons of fun. But also I realized that in a room this size that Christmas is very difficult. It reminds us of the brokenness within our families. It reminds us of loss. Loss of people that we love dearly and that we miss. And so wherever we find ourselves this evening, would you come and apply the Christmas story to us in a new and in a real and fresh way so that we would change and be more like you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.